Hello. Hey guys, what's up? How is it going? It's going good, Haley. How are you? Good. Guys, so before we started this podcast, like intro for like the fourth time, <laughs> Haley and I are just cracking up at how bad we sound, how awkward we are. Like if you actually like knew us in real life. We're actually the most awkward people you've probably ever met. Oh, yeah. The things I say, one, make no sense. And two, I'm like, why did I even... Why was that relevant yeah. for we're me just, to say? We can just look on it into the future. Yeah. And, and just laugh like, at ourselves. <laughs> I'm like, why did I think a podcast was up my alley? You know what I mean? Yeah, of our talents, for sure. Yeah, but I love to talk. So then here we are. Yeah. But... Yeah, so that's super fun. It's kind of cold here in Missouri, isn't it, Haley? Yeah, it's super icy. cold. So much so that Anissa just traveled on over to my place in the ice. In the ice, guys. So we are out here risking our life. Haley really for wanted the to podcast. make this podcast happen today. Yes. And you know I gotta make Haley's dreams come oh, true. She's so, so great. I just had yeah. to come here. So you're welcome, everybody. You're for, welcome. You know, listening to this amazing podcast. Anytime. And we're so <laughs> glad that you're here. Absolutely. Well, my name is Anissa. And I'm Haley. And this is A Bottle of Crime. Um, we're just two girls out here who love to listen to some true crime, yep. but not in the weird way. Nope. So yeah, guys, grab your bottle of wine and get ready to hear some true crime. This case takes place at a Lululemon store in Bethesda, Maryland. On March 12, 2011, at 9.30, the police were called by a Lululemon employee that was opening the store that morning. The employee found two of her coworkers in the back of the store, and blood was everywhere, spattered as high as six feet up on the walls. She could tell one was breathing, and the other coworker, Jaina, seemed to be dead. All right, so Anissa, I think it's always great to ask, have you heard of the Lululemon murder case? No, Haley, I haven't. And I was kind of surprised when I saw the title of this case. I'm like, who's getting murdered yeah. at Lululemon? Yeah, no, it's not something like, it's so brutal. And I'm just so shocked that not many people know about it. But I literally, you guys, kept this a secret from Anissa. She did not know the name until she got here and anything. saw it on my computer. <laughs> fun fact, I don't have an article of Lululemon clothing ever. Do you? Me, no, me either. I'm oh. too cheap for that. You know, me too. Target. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, like you flex and you do your thing, but your girl is out here with that old Navy Target looking. Absolutely. Yoga pants even though they're not called yoga pants they're called really like, no no one really they're leggings. Wears. actually <laughs> yoga pants are being like brought back okay that's what i've kind of heard yeah i don't have any and i never really super loved them i was a big yoga pants person but you know back on topic to anyway <laughs> so back on track this is just i'm going to kind of just go through the background of both of the co-workers that were found in the back of the store okay so i mentioned Jana murray and she was the one that who appeared to be dead on the scene so Jaina is 30 years old she's fit and athletic she is one of those people who like when you ask people they're like um i love to travel you know how like sometimes you like say oh yeah i love traveling yeah and like i for sure would probably say that and agree to it but i really don't like i mean it's kind of stressful even been, like anywhere yeah and i'm <laughs> like, like i don't me, really like, go places that's literally me like i say i, I love travel but it's like i want to love to travel like, yeah. even though i've only been to like 
so many exactly so i'm like so not adventurous so nothing but yeah. Jaina, like legit is she's traveled to every continent except for antarctica wow yeah so like that's that's impressive stinking crazy um and she was very adventurous um that's kind of how she was known was just outgoing adventurous like super fun and like driven mm -hmm. um for her 30th birthday a few weeks before this um it was her 30th birthday and she went bungee jumping what have you ever been no, I've never been bungee jumping, but guys, I went skydiving last summer. Uh-huh. Super amazing experience. I will never go bungee oh jumping gosh. because just the fact of a cord yeah, holding no. on to my no. life, like, I'd rather just fall out of a plane. Yeah, and be no, fine. I feel like literally, I mean, you guys who have bungee jump, jumped, correct me if I'm wrong, but then after it's like you, you make the first jump and you kind of just fling there a little bit. Yeah, you just... And then you're just kind of done. Like, and I don't then, know, it's just weird. And then the blood's just rushing to your head and just like you're just <laughs> swinging around. I know, like, and then you're like, all right, get me up here. Like, I don't know how... Come get me. <laughs> so anyways, Jaina was super great. She was um, always known, like I said, as just outgoing and motivated. Um, she was an overachiever and always known to do really great in school. She was actually going to John Hopkins University at the time, um, of this and was pursuing a dual master's degree. So getting two masters what? at once, which to me that does say driven and now like, Absolutely. you know, and like motivated. So yeah, that's a little bit about her. Um, also though, I just wanted to include that everybody said that her smile just like lit up a room. Like I know I've heard people say that about people before and that just gives you like a good image of who she is. Like she seems to be like a really good yeah, people person. Like, like people you, seem to like her. Exactly. Like yeah. when you see her smile, you want to smile too, you know, like a contagious laugh. It's like yeah. the same thing. Um, and then Brittany Norwood was the other uh, woman found in the Lululemon store. She was 29 years old and originally from Seattle and moved to Washington to be closer to her sister. Um, she was also very athletic and was known to be a great soccer in high school and college where she went to Stony Brook Long Island University. She was always known like as like the star of the team. Okay. So just very like athletic. Um, and you could tell she was like kind of concerned with her image just because she was always looking her best, doing the most, having the most, like being on top of the trends. Yeah. You know, like not, I mean, it doesn't have to be an unhealthy concern of your image, but it always seemed like she was put together 100%. She was never seen like. She made it intentional. Yes. It was very important to her. Okay. Um, and she had a dream of one day opening her own gym and becoming a personal trainer. Wow. So that's super awesome. I do not have that dream and I do not want to do that. I shout out to my dad right now, actually. Hey. My dad has, um, he opens his own like nutrition shop and like works with gyms and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think like, yeah. Wait, well, that's shout out so to my dad cool. Right there. So he can relate to that. Hey dad. That's awesome. <laughs> hey. Hey, and he says, dad, what's up? Um, yeah, so she's only worked at this Lululemon store in, Be in Bethesda for about a month because she transferred from another one previously. Yeah. Um, a few days before this crime happened, she actually had an interview at Equinox and was going to potentially leave the Lululemon store to become a personal trainer at this place. So her friend kind of like started working there, got paid really well. She's like, hey, I'm getting paid good. You should come. I know you like this stuff. You should come and get an interview. They're hiring people. So she actually... Um, got asked to go back for a second interview um like i said a few days before all of this happened okay so yeah anyway so we're gonna go into like the night of march 11th which is when all of this was 
happening. So Brittany was actually found that next morning um, and she was immediately sent to the hospital with an officer because the point of this is like you want to get their story ASAP. Like yeah. you want to make sure that you know what happened, what's going on, because that's so important for the police to start getting on to what is going on. And uh, Deanna Mackey was actually the officer who was sent with her. So I'm going to go through the story of what Brittany said happened that night. Okay, Brittany's side of the story. Yes, exactly. So Jaina, who was the store manager, the assistant manager, she was some sort of like manager, um, and Brittany both closed the store that night around 9 p.m. and they left at about 9.45 when they were done closing and cleaning up. The women both headed their separate ways and then Jaina, she drives to work, so she was parked outside and she went and headed to her car. And then Brittany went to the Metro because that's where she, she takes the Metro home. Um, and so they just went their separate ways. And then once Brittany like had gotten into like the elevator, she noticed that she didn't have her wallet. She must have left it in the store. Oh no. So, um, and obviously she needs her wallet because that's where her Metro card is and she can't yeah. go home. So she immediately called Jaina being like, hey, uh, I don't know where my wallet is. Like, can you meet me back at the store? So at 10 p.m., they met back at the store. I wonder why she had asked Jaina to come meet with her. She, oh, I forgot to include the question, Anissa. Yeah. Or wonder, good wonder, Anissa. Good wonder. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a thing. Um, she uh, is the one that has the keys. Jaina had oh, the okay. keys. So since she's like a manager or whatever, I guess. Yeah, because like, I was like, they're both managers. Should they both have keys? <laughs> no, yeah, no, Jane is the only one that okay. was a manager, so she has the keys, and so she was like, bro, meet me back, because I literally can't get home. Yeah. So, Jana, that's what I said in my next thing, Jana had the keys to the store, so she turned the alarm off, unlocked the door, and then they both entered and went to the office to look around, because that's where they put all their stuff, like, went to look for the wallet. Um, they couldn't find the wallet anywhere, so um, Jana was like, hey, no problem, just take my Metro card for right now. We can keep looking and try to look for the wallet, but, like, for tonight, just take mine because I don't need it, and I'll get it back from you, like, whenever. So, like, super nice. So, Here's then, what I'm thinking. What? My first thought is just, like, hey, Jaina, give Brittany a ride home. <laughs> and this yeah. all would have been fine. I know, like, I know. Like, just... Don't ride. even look. You don't even need to look. You can't find don't the card. Don't even give the Metro card away. You know, just, <laughs> just give her a ride home. <laughs> exactly. There we go. I know. But I don't know how far away they live. I'm like, just whatever. Yeah. But, yes. So, um... Brittany was saying in her interview with Deanna Mackey that there were two men with ski masks wearing all black that entered the store. So remember, they unlocked the doors, turned the alarm off to get back in to look at the wallet. You, I mean, you're in Wait, there for five minutes. Say that part again about the ski mask. There was two men with ski masks and wearing all black that entered the store. At what point? When they were in there looking for the wallet. Did they see this on like the camera or something? Or did they see them like... Listen to this, what? Anissa. Brittany said that they sounded like young and... They sounded young and white. Uh, one man was taller than the other. So one man was like, I think like about like five something, five, like nine to six feet. I don't remember. And one was a little bit shorter. Um, she said that they were very racist. So um, Brittany is a black woman. And so she could tell, that's why she thought they were white because they're being very, a lot of racial slurs, a lot of yeah. things. And they made horrible comments toward Brittany okay. specifically. Um, they called the girls both whores. They called Brittany the N-word many times and just very abrupt, yeah. basically. Like, you were, you're just looking for your wallet and this happens. Yeah. So, Jaina was hit in the head and was drugged by her hair to the back of the store. What? That yes. took a turn. Yeah. And then Brittany and the other suspect walked to the door and the suspect made Brittany lock the door. So, he, like, walked her up there, was behind her, and the other guy was with Jaina 
and made her lock the door. Um, Brittany was also struck in the head, and then she was zip-tied um, with her hands above her head, um, with her hands together and then her feet together, and was zip-tied. What? Yeah, so that's how, like, they found her, was on the ground um, with blood everywhere, and she was zip-tied, and she was laying there I like that. if these guys were just, like, trying to rob the store, but you don't need to rob the store and do all this stuff. Like, I, it's just very extra. Very for extra. Sure. Um, Brittany said that she was sexually assaulted while this man was still Ugh. yelling racial slurs at her. Um, and just so you guys are aware, I mean, this whole case is really brutal, um, yeah. like really brutal. So just always be on the lookout. But this next part is just really um, disturbing um, because according to Brittany, she was raped with one of the wooden hangers from within the store. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And then um, so before she was zip tied and everything, though, um, she was then taken after being raped and, you know, just obviously the the verbal like abuse um, she was then taken to the cash register and was told to get out the money and give it to the suspects, basically. So this guy was kind of following her, like, lock the door, get the money, and then all this stuff. So she said that she just heard, whenever she was doing that, she just heard Jana screaming, just bloody murder. And it was horrific to hear. Just, like, tons of screams. It sounded, like, yeah, so Yeah, because Jana was in another room with the yeah, other guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, and this is from Brittany's perspective. So, like, we're, like, she's, like, what's happening? Like, what's happening to my friend? So, basically... As Brittany was telling this to the police, it was obviously so hard for her to, like, explain and to yeah. get out. I mean, she was, like, the the police at the time, she was just, like, I couldn't really understand her. Like, she was, she was at that, times, just could not, you You, you just literally went it. through this traumatic experience, and the police are just coming to you, like, right then and there, yeah. telling you to tell them, like, everything that happened to you. But you're just still so shaken up yeah. from, especially, like, the stuff that she went through. Like, I don't even know how she could just, like, speak to them right oh, there at that moment. Oh, for sure. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, for sure. And so she just kept saying, like, re like you know, when people are in shock, a lot of times they, like, stay focused. I mean, you know, when you see horrible things, like, you're focused on the things that you saw and, like, just keep saying them. So she kept repeating a few things. And the few things were that there was just so much blood. Um, and then that she tried to help Jaina but she couldn't. So mm -hmm. she just was like, I just couldn't help her. And then she was like, it's all my fault. Like I'm the one who left my wallet. It's all my fault. Yeah. And so she just kept saying those things. And then she asked toward like the middle and end of her interview, she was like, um, is my friend okay? Mm -hmm. Not knowing that Jaina had died oh, that night. Dang. Yeah. And so I just wanted to include a side note before we get into more of the case that Next door to this Lululemon store was, um, it's in like, you know, like a little strip mall, like a shopping yeah. thing. And so next door to it, like, you know, sharing a wall was an Apple store. And that night Apple was releasing the iPad 2. So you know how like they do like the release things and everybody's like in a long line trying to get this iPad yeah. that's released that night. Were blah, there blah, people blah. over there? So there was a long line of people that night that were outside. While um, all this was happening? Yeah. And so that's why we're coming back to it later because um, the employees had to stay up late to close up and everything like more than like later than normal. And so that is going to be later something that we have to discuss. Oh my goodness. So I feel like for most of um, cases and stuff, it's, it's so vital to know what the medical examiner report says. I think that it can tell you a lot from, these people are trained to look at someone's body in autopsies or things like that to know you know, what kind of force or... Like literally how they died. Yes. So I think that this was very important in this case because everything was so crazy and weird that it was good to know what happened. So Dr. Mary Ripple performed the autopsy on Jaina's body and something crazy that she found out was that there were 331, I want to say that one more time, 
331 individual wounds on Jaina's body. Meaning what? separate stab wounds, um, just puncture wounds, separate wounds, 331. All this, oh my goodness, this is happening while she was in the other room. Yep. Oh my goodness. And there are more, there were more than a hundred wounds to her head, just to her head. Wow. And had cracked in eight places. Her skull had cracked in eight places. Was her, could they even identify her? They really, I remember um, I got some of my stuff from like this oxygen like series that they did. Um, and it was like from the perspective of one of the detectives who's on this case. And yeah. so that's where I got some of my information. And they just said that she, like when they found her that morning, that she was like, yeah, it was hard to identify. Like, I, I think wouldn't it even be been, able to like, I feel like you wouldn't be able to recognize her face. If no. You have like 300 and however right. yeah. many. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, and let me tell you on average though, the like violent crime. So this is obviously when I say brutal, like I'm not like, I don't take that lightly mm-hmm. because that's brutal. That'd like, be really brutal. Gruesome, like the worst so thing malicious. anybody could ever do. And on average, violent crimes only have around 50 wounds. Wow. So that's why I'm like to know that it's 331 when typically on average it's 50. That's so alarming. And the medical examiner even said 300, this is a quote from like the series, 331 seems almost impossible. Was Jaina, what was her race? She was a white. She was, she was white. white. Okay. Yes. So I was like thinking just, you know, how crazy this world is and like right. how some people are like if Jaina, like maybe it was because they were really racist yeah. and they seemed racist, yeah. it could have been like a hate crime because if Jane right. was, if was black or like just some other race other than right. white, you know? No, and that's a very, black. and that's why it's important to like know those things. Cause I'm like, it's interesting then that Brittany was the one, you know, Brittany being a black woman mm-hmm. and then Jaina being white, it's interesting that Brittany survived and Jaina didn't. Yeah. And so it's just, yeah, no, I mean, very great point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so after, like, I just feel like just thinking about, typically there's, there's 50 wounds basically on average, like yeah. I said. So think about just like, and I know this is probably dark, but like after so many stabs and it's, it probably takes a bunch of energy to do this. And so I just really want to emphasize the rage and anger that someone must have had. Yeah. To me, this just, that's like, it has to be a hate crime at this point. Like, what are you doing? And that's why I'm like, you're so right. Because I'm like, no matter what, to me, if some, someone has to be enraged to do this. And yeah, if you're like coming in and like you're trying to like just rob the store or something yeah. like that, like there has to be some like yeah. free motive or you just have like some really bad anger issues and you're like, I'm going to exactly. steal some stuff. But I'm also going to like mess up some people too while I'm at it. Like yes. you just like, don't care. Literally when I was hearing this case, I was like, okay, someone has a bunch of anger. And then I would just, in my mind, think I would go to the fact that I think that they know them because of this anger. Yeah. Like I would start looking at people who maybe they maybe knew because I was like, I mean, that typically does happen. Like, you know, when you see in cases, it's like a lot of times if the person knows them, it's out of, it's out of either you see someone do something out of remorse because they know them or something horrible happens because they know them. So it's like, really just depends. But anyway, so then it was also reported by this medical examiner report that there are 105 defensive wounds. So to me, that just breaks my heart because 105 of those were defensive and they knew that because it was on her arms and hands and it looked like where kind of how you would like block your head yeah you know her head was getting so much blunt force trauma to it that she was almost like just trying to block her head and so they could tell it was defensive um so after this they ended up finding out that the thing that had actually killed Jaina 
was um, a knife that had severed into her brainstem. No. So it went three, three inches, three and a half inches into the back of her head, basically. And so I want to reiterate that Jaina was alive for all of this until the knife was stabbed three and a half inches into her brain. Does, did like that report ever say like how long this was like happening? No, that's a very good question. Cause like if she was alive through all of that, like 300 plus wounds being stabbed right, or whatever, right. like, and then like this one thing is what like kills you. Like, and this has taken like quite a bit, oh. quite a long time. Oh, it for sure had to, to endure. Yeah, and so already it's so painful, and I'm sure you can't do that in, like, 10 minutes. I mean, I'm sure mm. it, w- it was for I mean, sure. At least I'm I'm thinking, uh, guys, this is my opinion. I'm nobody that knows this, but um, probably at least an hour. I mean, I'm literally like, yeah. how could you do that in 30 minutes, right. you know, or under? So, yeah, no, that's a vi- – basically, that's a huge thing, and it makes me very sad because I'm like, she had to fight so hard mm-hmm. to stay alive, and you could tell from – the blood spatter from the everything that she was actually there was like bloody handprints on the door so oh. i almost wonder if at one point she almost got to it like escape yeah she was trying to like fight her way out of it yeah so just really sad to think about so when they were processing the scene and you know going back through and looking at all the things because like i said there was blood everywhere they were trying to track where the blood was going just trying to like look at all the stuff they found that there was like this red toolbox and it had a bunch of tools in it that were near kind of like Jaina's body when she was found. So, and there was blood on a lot of them. And so they they came to the conclusion that there was a hammer that was used, a wrench, different box cutters, a knife, a rope, a razor, and then one of those metal rods. So like the things that you use in like stores when they're like high up, like yeah. you use that to get the hanger off, like from a high up like shelf or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of those. So... The medical examiner believed that the wrench was that was near Jaina's body could have been what caused the huge indentation in her skull. Um, and so that was another thing. Basically, that just tells you a bunch about the horrible, horrible violent stuff that happened to Jaina. And both of the women were found with um, slits in their yoga pants exposing their genitals. No. So it was thought to them believe that they had been raped. And Brittany did say that she was. Um, and so then they sent in like all the DNA stuff, everything just to, you know, kind of figure out more DNA and evidence in that way. So I mentioned that I watched this oxygen series. It was called the murder of Dana Marie, kind of, kind of from the view of the detective, um, Reuben, which we'll talk about more, but John McCarthy, who was a state's attorney in Montgomery County called this like one of the most savage homicides he's ever seen. Really? Yeah. So that's just another thing, but yeah, so basically... After the night of the murder, so after they find them that morning in the store, they, the police are, like, just taken aback. I mean, it's Bethesda. They're, like, you know, everybody kind of says this in crime things. They're, like, it never happens here. And I'm, like, okay, it never happens, so let's see what happens, bro. But everybody's shook. Like, they don't know. They're, like, whoa. Okay. Like, everyone in town? Yes. Everyone's scared. Yes. It's, like, so, it's scary because of how bad it is. So the police start to work to just kind of find cameras because they're like, okay, so that someone entered the store. So we need to figure out if we can fig- like find a camera that kind of shows who would maybe walk into the store. What happened to the people that were in the Apple- next to the Apple store? Yeah, let me tell you about that. So the Apple store has, um, you know, is next door and had a camera that they found footage on of two men that fit the description that Brittany had given. Yeah. So they're right next door walking by. Um, you can't tell where the men are coming from because of how the camera's positioned. Because mm-hmm. it's more about their building, sort of. But you can tell they came from the Lululemon store. So, like, fr- from the direction. Yeah. 
So they're like, oh my gosh, like this fits the description. They have all black on. One man has a backpack, which like that could have, like Brittany did mention somebody having a backpack and then one seemed taller than the other. So it was like, okay, this is the best lead we have. Mm -hmm. So Detective Dimitri Rubin, which I had mentioned, um, does a stakeout outside of the store and then he ends up finding them and they walk by together wearing all black, one with a backpack. Yeah, they're walking by the store. Are they stupid? He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, if I was was a cop, I'd be like, wait now. (laughs) The police. I would do something like crazy and be like, I'm the cop. I don't know what Hands up. Hands up. Don't move. But he... um, showed them a picture like a freezed image like a screenshot sort of sort of of like the footage and he was like so you know he's coming at him like they know they're guilty sort of he's like so this is you tell me who this is <laughs> you know and like yeah. knowing it's them like right right and they're like yeah no that's us like they're like yeah they they're said like, it's them yeah because guess what they were their alibi checks out because they worked at a local restaurant as busboys which wearing all black then makes more sense and they what? worked the same shift. They have accountability that they were working their shift and their alibi checks out. So now the police are like, crap, literally that was perfect. And Wait, was it? And we're back to It was to those guys? One. No. It wasn't those no. guys? No. Their alibi checks out because they, they're not guilty because they were working and then they were going home. Like they, yeah. So it's not those guys. Just no. Just be clear. It's not them. No. Okay. I was convinced that, you know, maybe. Because it sounds so good. Maybe they killed a person after their shift as a bus boy. Right, no. They literally said that they were, sorry if you can hear my dog barking, she heard somebody. Um, So, yeah, they're back to square one. The police are like, this is it. Oh, my gosh. So, he basically is just really sad. They start setting up tip lines, you know, because this happens a lot with, you know, this type of stuff. They're like, let us know if you hear anything. And someone did. So there's a local homeless man that everybody knows, and he, um, his name is Keith Lockett. Uh-huh. They know him because every night he's at the same bar. Every night. Like, it, it doesn't fail. Yeah. He's always there. And guess what? This night he's not there. March 11th, not there at the bar. He's at the bar. So we're like, okay. I'm, like, including myself in this. I'm like, we're like, all right, so it's all him. All right, so, so it again, has to be him, <laughs> right. he has an accomplice. Who is it? Exactly. <laughs> so then they're like, okay, sure. So, like, this is probably the guy. So they're like, where the heck is Keith? They can't find him. Then they get another tip that Keith had actually been checked into a hospital nearby. Oh, poor Keith. So he is beaten up, had a black eye, and there was blood on him in his clothes. But kind of fits into the thing, right? Because if it's so bloody, it's so horrible, kind of fits into the thing. Yeah, because Jaina was fighting back. She had obviously fighting back for her life, so she could have really messed him up before she died. So they're like, heck yeah, let's go. We found the man. No. They didn't. So the Keith was just obviously very disoriented. He couldn't keep his sen- sentences straight. He was just talking about and like kept going like he he kept like going into like stories about how he was fighting this other homeless guy. So uh-huh. he had gotten into a fight with somebody else. Okay. Eventually, they find out more information. His he is actually right, and so they're back again to square one. Dang. So they have all these questions. They're like, "What is all of?" What is all of this doing? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. We have all this stuff. Yeah. But, but it's not nothing. fitting together. Yes. No leads. Nothing. And so they went back to the drawing board. They're like, all right. So they decide to go next door to the Apple store and talk to the employees mm-hmm. who worked that night to see if they knew anything. Yeah. So I also just wanted to look more into this. And so, because, I, you know, exactly what you're thinking. What the heck were the Apple people doing? That's what I want to know. If you have this huge event yeah, going so, on, like, and y'all don't hear anything, yeah, so you're pretty suspicious, Apple. Exactly. <laughs> so literally in the middle of this, I'm like, hold on, hold on. So I start looking up the Apple store because I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Yeah. So 
uh, they ended up going over and talking to them. And the Apple store actually had a security guard, first of all. I just included that in the very first part of it because I'm just like... They had a security you guard. You have a security guard. Lululemon um, needs a security guard. Exactly. I'm like, bro. So the employees that worked that night um, admitted to hearing the commotion. Admitted to hearing the commotion. Yes. And let me oh, remind okay. you, they're sharing a wall. So um, according to WJLA ABC, like they did an article on this, and Jane, who was one of the employees that worked there, said that she heard a woman say through the wall, because it's just a wall separating you, talk to me, don't do this, talk to me, what's going on? What? Followed by the same voice that sounded like the same woman, fading, God help me, please help me. What? So Jane, the stinking girl next door, heard this. And so she said she heard yelping, high-pitched squealing, thudding, and banging. So this isn't just like, I wouldn't personally call this commotion. No. I would call this straight up something is happening. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know if that really makes it sound any worse, but I'm like, something is straight up. You have got to do something. And Jane was just like, no, nah, it's fine. Yeah, Jane was literally like, so I like watch, they have a video of like inside their like uh, store they have like cameras I'm like Lululemon also needs that but they had cameras and you see them putting their ears up to the wall listen the Apple people yes are listening listening oh my yeah. goodness and did not call the cops they so, didn't call the cops no they have a security guard they could have that's why I said the security guard in the beginning because I'm like they have a security guard they don't need to, they don't need to intervene if it's scary if it sounds like you know what I mean like I don't know if I would have thrown myself into that either you just call the cops and like but you, that's why that that's why that's a thing and you have a security guard who is literally there for that reason yeah so in my mind I'm like what so Jane actually tells her manager who's there his name's Ricardo and he said he he whenever they interviewed him they thought that he said he thought it was just drama it's just drama. Ricardo. Ricardo. It's not just drama. Ricardo, if someone is saying, help, please don't do this. Just don't do this or so, whatever yeah. the person was saying. You just don't think it's when drama. You, when you, you hear think, yelping. Someone's obviously about to lose their uh, life. Like, Ricardo, you're stupid. I'm I sorry, sir. I literally have in all caps, say something. Say That's something, all, Ricardo. I mean, say something. Literally. I'm like, that is, to me, that I just can't fathom that. And I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, the bystander effect, sorry, you know, I have a psych no, degree. No, for sure. But it's like you, you're you around more than one person. It's not just you. So I think maybe I wonder if somebody was alone and they'd heard that, they'd be like kind of freaked out. They're like, oh, yeah. crap, let me call. But there's a security guard there. He's That's like good has point. his iPod, like headphones in, not caring. Mm -hmm. There's other people around. And so it makes me go to the bystander effect, even though it's still never okay, obviously. But it just sucks that it's a thing because it's like these people are – just listening they're listening in the mm -hmm. wall and they still have yet to do something yeah. and let's just say something wasn't happening like let's just say it by the chance that you heard all of this stuff which i don't know how something isn't happening but and you're like you call the cops and nothing's happening you don't look dumb ever like no. and like you would never look you're just dumb. a concerned member of society yeah so you're doing the right thing to just even see if whatever is going on is okay yeah okay so like I was saying, they kind of just go back to, you know, the drawing board and everything. And they go look back at the scene. Because the scene, like I said, says a lot of things. But they can't figure out the answers to their questions from the scene. Mm -hmm. So they end up finding in the store a, four, a size 14 Reebok shoe. Like shoes. In, in Lululemon? Yes. It's, okay. it's hidden in the store. It's a hidden, they just say they find a hidden pair of size 14 Reebok shoes in the store. They had blood on them, and then they fit the bloody shoe impressions on the floor. So, like, 
because there's blood everywhere, you know, you're stepping in it, you're walking, you're, they can see a bunch of footprints. So they're trying to figure out now how many people were involved because, okay. you know, you can tell the different impressions of shoes. So according to the episode that I had mentioned, Dimitri Reuven reaches out to a forensic specialist and a shoe expert, which, hold on, I did not know there's shoe experts. Like, there's, his name, it, it literally said shoe expert. There is always <laughs> a job out there for anything. Like, if you got a weird talent, go for it. You go can find, for You can it. find a job. Like, shoe expert, that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> I could call myself a shoe expert. I have, like, 24 pairs of shoes. Dang, girl, hey, I shoe really expert, do. Anissa. <laughs> this is really funny, guys. Last night... You're going to make so much fun of me. What? I had a flashbulb memory of uh -huh. Heelys. Oh, my God. Guess what I bought online? Did you buy them? I bought Heelys. Oh, my At gosh. one in the morning last you night. You guys, next time I'm going to tell you if Anissa falls from her Heelys and I see her doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so their shoe expert and forensic specialist, Dave McGill, comes to look at the scene because they're like, okay, we well, got to figure this out. So he's looking at all the bloody footprints throughout the store to figure out the interactions that maybe went on. And then, like I was saying, how many people are involved. So anyways, as this is happening, Brittany gets to leave um, the hospital. And this is one day after, um, like when she leaves the hospital, she leaves the hospital one day after going into the hospital. That mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So Basically, there's many articles and documents that I found that just basically mention from doctors that Brittany's injuries were very superficial. They they weren't anything, like, major. They were a bunch of just minor... Brittany? Yeah, a bunch of just minor, like, injuries. I mean, she left the hospital one day after. She, yeah. she only had to get stitches in her forehead, which was just, like, this huge gash, but... I feel like that's pretty weird. That is weird. Why Why did Jana get, like, the full nine yards, you know? Yeah, especially if these are racist men. Yeah. Vul like, vulgar, horrible men. Mm -hmm. Makes me think about how, if, like, they may, they may have knew right. who Jana was. Or, like, right. there was some motive behind that. Right. Yeah, no, and I just feel like that, for that to be mentioned in a lot of articles, I just think that was something to touch on because I'm like, that's obviously something to remember. Yeah. But, so when Brittany leaves the hospital, Detective Reuben goes to interview her one more time. He said that basically the story remained pretty consistent from what she had said um, in the hospital when she first got checked in, but there are a few things that she just really didn't like mention before. Always weird. Yeah, things that, always can be covered. Um, so she said that she was pushed on top of Jaina's body, and what? Like at one point she was like just pushed on top of Jaina, and she said the only reason she wasn't in the same state as Jaina was because the men had said that they had more fun with her. That's creepy and weird i literally so, disgusting so was jana dead at this point when britney was like pushed on top of her i'm not sure that's creepy that's yeah. weird yeah so detective reuben brings up the shoes and he was like hey you know we found these shoes like they're size 14 reebok like in the store do your does your store own shoes like do you sell shoes and she was like no we don't sell shoes but we have them in there to like try on which i put question marks by that because i'm so a little confused I that's weird i didn't know you did that they had they have two pairs of shoes in the store that you use to try on but i'm like size 14. what do you how do you why do you have shoes to try on if you don't sell shoes i don't know that's no sense maybe i'm wrong i just wanted to say that because I'm, I'm gonna be transparent you, i don't know why <laughs> if you work at a shoe store or if you work at a, like a clothing store and you guys don't sell shoes, do you have shoes that you just have there to not to try, try on? on that are size fourteen? Yeah. Nobody That's wears size fourteen. I mean, it's less likely. I feel like yeah. you would pick a different size. Anyways, I feel like you so, pick a different size <laughs> to include in your store. I don't know, not me. But anyways, so after this interview with Brittany, Detective Reuben, amazing man, 
He's just, I just want to keep, I mean, this man's amazing. He's amazing. He had a weird feeling about all the information. Okay. In this, you know, thing about him, he was just saying, I, he felt, you know, spidey senses were tingling, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you ever get spidey that? Spidey senses are like, Your intuition, tingling. your something is not right. Yeah. Doesn't know what that means, but just not right. So he's like, okay, okay. So Brittany's injuries, very minor compared to Jaina. Um, they almost seem self-inflicted. Britney's injury seems self-inflicted. Yeah, are you that's serious? What it seems like, um, and if then if you ever tell me that Britney has something to do with this, I'm literally gonna be like, throw your mic and leave. For real though, <laughs> yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> and so Ruben basically says this: this screams an inside job. That's what he quoted in the <sighs> in the thing. Oh my goodness, guys, I'm losing my mind right now. <laughs> yep. So let me tell you, our good old foot expert Dave McGill, <laughs> what a man, gets called back in to look at the crime scene a little differently this time. Okay. So Reuven basically goes up to him and he's like, look, man, I want you to look at this scene as if Brittany maybe did it. Okay. He's like, look at all the stuff. Now clear your mind of what you thought. Go back in here and look at all the interactions of footprints and tell me what you think and if Brittany... Could have had something to do yes. with it. Yeah. Yes. And so he's like, yes, sir. So he goes in... Yes, sir. <laughs> so he goes and just looks and looks and looks. And basically this... The, all these questions I'm saying and all these no leads, all the things started to be a little bit answered. Okay. So, um, hey, what happened to Jaina's car? I never mentioned that. So let me tell you, that was another big thing that they were looking for was like, Jaina's car, you know, had been parked outside, like outside in the parking lot, like yeah. out front of the Lululemon store. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't find her car after all of this. What? Yeah. So later they it's find all her coming car. together in my mind. Yeah. So later they find her car. Like, what? Who would move? Who in the world would move her car? Jaina obviously didn't move her car. Obviously. So who would move her? Why and who would move her car? So basically, her car got moved a few blocks down the street in this random parking lot because they ended up finding it. It had different license plates on it. They ended up finding the car. They they put different license plates on that car. No, 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 no. She's just from somewhere else oh, originally. Okay, gotcha, so gotcha. You're, you're like they went. They went. The car. They went no, hard. I wonder if that would be like a smart thing to do. Actually, honestly, it probably would have. But, but yeah. <laughs> so then they you know run all of the tests on the car, all the DNA analysis, all the things, and the blood in Janet's car. Uh, there was like blood in it obviously and so because i just said that and it was found on the steering wheel the gear shift and there was a hat like in the back seat a lululemon hat where britney's gash would have been it looked like there's blood in the inner part of the hat we're on britney's forehead they're like huh weird you know what i'm saying questions are getting answered Uh here we go so they ran the blood from the car and they found that the dna analysis said it was britney's britney's so so britney moved the car so yeah, seems like it, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, seems like also, it. <laughs> also, another weird thing that is uh, bugging Reuben at the time was all the suspects didn't bring any weapons with them. Everything that was used to kill, to torture, to like mutilate Jaina was yeah, found the in the store. It's a toolbox, yeah. right? Hanger. Yeah. Shoes were worn. And what, taken off and yeah. left? They had a toolbox full of to- uh, to- toys, oh my gosh, tools. And everything that was used, no one brought anything in. And don't you feel like if you were about to go rob and murder someone, you would bring the essentials yeah. with you? Yes, you would. So, I mean, I wouldn't because I'm going to go out here and rob places. Yeah. But like, if I was a robber, 
I would go do that. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, and they were kind of thinking too at the time, you know, when the, the iPad 2 is being sold, they were like, maybe there's people out to try to, you know, rob the Apple store. And that brought them kind of into the area. And then that's how this kind of sort of happened. You know, like they were going to rob the Apple store and then they were close by and they're like, what the heck, might as well rob Lululemon. I don't know. They're, that's all that they're kind of thinking through yeah. too. Um, but basically they're just like, and then Ruben's like, bro, these these suspects that are described sound like the absolute worst people in the world. When they first said that, I was like, well, yeah. yeah I'm like, don't you know? But they they also were saying, too, it was like, that's a good, that's actually a good point. Because it's like, Brittany men, made out these suspects to be the worst people in the world. Like, these are the ultimate suspects to kill anybody. Yeah. And I feel like, in my mind, it's too good to be true. Like she hired them? No, but maybe like, I feel like that's just, you know, for them to be racist, horrible, strong, there's all these things like, and they've gotten away with it with no leads. To me, it just sounds way too good like, to be true. Like, like they're like they, a Dexter kind of thing. Like yeah. They could just like get away with it with no trace and no one knows yeah, anything. Yeah, it's just very, it's weird because yeah. she makes them out to be the worst people ever and she's still living. I don't know. It just sounds yeah. weird. So he was feeling weird about that because at first I was like, what does that mean? But and then the most compelling evidence was our foot guy had, you know, I mentioned him just a little bit before, was that he found that all of Brittany's footprints in the store were overlapped with shoes from within the store. So meaning she literally, like, tried to cover her own tracks. What? Oh, with the other shoes? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm kind goodness. of hinting at things here, you guys. What? I'm not fully saying. What? So... I just want to say, six six days after the murder, let's just get right on into it. Yes. So, this is all happening. So, we know we found the car. There's Brittany's blood in it. There's all this weird stuff happening. Brittany is looking very suspect yes. right now. Brittany's shoes, her shoe prints are overlapped. With the size with 14 hers, shoes. Right yeah. on top. Of, yes. Right on top of hers. They. It just... It doesn't make sense. And so, six days after the murder, Brittany wanted to meet with the detectives working the case. And I am lit. You're lit. I'm so, I'm just, I lose my mind when I hear you guys. I'm not kidding. From here on out, let's make a pact that every time we listen to another murder, you make note of if the, if the suspect or the person who actually commits a crime comes back. They're literally stalling themselves out. And adds more detail. They this, add more detail. This, she adds more detail. Literally, this, she comes back and wants to meet with the cops again. And she remembered more details. This is always so suspicious. It it's is. It's always because it's like they, you got away with something. And you see in all these cases, people get away with stuff. And then they come back and they say something stupid. They and then they're like, and then they're stupid. like, you get it. And so basically, <laughs> I literally just put in quotes rant because that was my time to just say that. Yeah. Um, so they find out new information. And let me tell you what Brittany told them. Okay. Brittany says that. One of the suspects, you know, following her around, make lock, make her lock the door, make her get the cash. They then tell her, hey, go find um, Jaina's keys. We're going to move her car. So Brittany goes and finds her keys, and she's threatened. She, they're like, we, you literally have to do what we say or we'll kill you. So You know how that doesn't make sense? You know why this me, doesn't make sense? Me. Okay. So the, these guys tell her to go move the car. Mm -hmm. So Brittany obviously knows that they have found the car and they have found like evidence about how she right. had the beanie and everything. So like they know that she moved the car. Yeah. But you know, these guys aren't just going to let Brittany go move the car by herself. They have to go in Amen, there with her. Sister. So like if there's not two people 
present in the car or was shown that two people were in the car, like, you're not going to get away with this because it's right. not shown that there's two people in the car. Well, exactly, Detective Anissa, because this is what they I'm thought. Saying, that's what I'm They're saying. They're like, that she, she moved the car. They literally, they threatened her. They're like, we will kill you, blah, blah. And they told her to move the car. No one went with, with, with her. Yeah. And there was actually a cop from Bethesda who actually said that um, he was patrolling that night like yeah. in his cop car and said that he actually did see the car in the parking lot, thought nothing of it. The car lights were on, but, you know, he's, you know, when you're patrolling, you're just kind of like being observant of everything. He saw that somebody was in the car mm -hmm. and the lights were on in that parking lot, but he just didn't think anything of it until later they found out that the license plate were different. It was his car and they're like, oh, he's like, I saw that that night. Mm -hmm. Like, so... She was the only one in the car. She moved the car. Yeah. And if this, but, was, if this was legit, the people wouldn't let her go by herself. Yeah. And also, if you're alone, it's like your life is physically in danger. I feel like you have to take some risks. I feel like if I saw a cop car patrolling, I would flag that man down. I'd be like, help me. My friend's in trouble. I'm in trouble. There's two men. Like, you know, don't you feel like you do yeah. whatever you can to save your life and your friend's life? Like, oh yeah. my gosh. And so the cops decided to confront her. They're like, great. She came right into our office to tell us more details. We're just going to get right to it. Yeah. So this is always my favorite part of stories because I'm like the interrogation. Mm -hmm. I'm like, let's go. So the man basically that was with Detective Rubin was sitting with him and he was just basically telling Brittany, he was like, you've concocted an incredible story. That's kind of what he, that's his quote. He's <laughs> like, you have concocted an incredible story. You have written a good one, ma'am. Let me and tell you, you almost had us, you almost caught yeah. us slipping. Good, good, good try. Cool, cool, cool. Great story. <laughs> Love that for the fantasies. But you, and he literally was like, basically no one's going to believe you. He's like, your family's not going to believe you. We don't believe you. Yeah. Um, no one in the community is going to believe you. And yeah, so Brittany also brought her brother along with her. Mm -hmm. He wasn't in the room at this time, but later they called Brittany's brother in um, the room and they just leave them too. You know how like it's just yeah. so funny because it's like you bring that family member in and it's like your sensitive side comes out. You're like, I just can't. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like you start losing yeah. your mind. Kind of like Chris Watts, you know, his dad is in there talking to him and mm -hmm. whatever. And so. Then he talks to Brittany and um, they're the only ones in there. So it kind of feels more like intimate and just like more like trusting. But we still have the camera rolling and getting all the image, all the stuff that's yeah. happening. So the brother says, he's like, hey, I like I want to protect you, but I need you in order for me to do that. I need you to tell me what happened. Like we can get you a lawyer. We can do the things like, but I need to know what happened. Yeah. And Brittany says, in quote, I just don't want to talk about it here. <laughs> Homegirl. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and Detective Rubin goes, like, in the documentary thing, he was like, she never says she's not guilty. <laughs> He's like, that's all. That's always just, like, a yeah. thing. You know, like, if you're guilty, you'd say, I'd had nothing to do with it. I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. and people even still say that, and they're guilty. But, like, she never even said she didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So, like, she just says, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And, yeah, so that's, that's very interesting. And basically, let's, a week later, so this was day six, a week later, they arrest Brittany and charge her for the murder of Jaina. Gotcha. Okay. So after the arrest, the police brought in the co-workers from Lululemon to kind of get more information on, like, Brittany as a worker, as just, like, from the month that she's been there, like, what is she like? We need yeah. to know more about her. We've heard a little bit from her family. We need to hear about from her co-workers. Yeah. And instantly, she's a different person. <laughs> they find a different personality from her, from hearing what her co-workers are saying. So... They basically say that right when Brittany transferred to the Bethesda Lululemon, that money and things from coworkers' purses started to go missing. Oh, of course. Um, and they're like, the only connection we had was that Brittany was new. And yeah. 
like nothing happened until Brittany got here. So mm -hmm. it just is interesting. And so the night of the murder, Dana had actually found a pair of Lululemon pants in like Brittany's purse. I guess she just like, or yeah, in Brittany's purse. So like Jana saw them in her purse, you know, in the office to keep their stuff, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Jana asked her about them and Brittany said, oh yeah, no, I bought those. But earlier in the day, like one of the other employees that was working the day shift, like she checked it out and everything, like she yeah. checked me out and all that stuff. But I, yeah, whatever. And she was like, okay. So after work, you know how when they went their separate ways, Jana right away called the employee because she was still thinking about this. And Brittany was almost on her last straw kind of at the store. Yeah. And that's why I think she was kind of looking into other jobs and everything too, mm -hmm. because the management was kind of catching up to what Brittany was doing. Yeah. But they didn't have any cameras in their store. They didn't have any sort of thing. So they couldn't ever catch her and like red-handed basically. Yeah. So with this happening, they could probably like fire her for this if, since she had the pants and Jana saw them and everything. Yeah. So Jana calls a coworker right after that worked earlier that day and she asks if um, Brittany had bought anything and the coworker is like, what? No. Like, I mean, I never checked her out for anything. And so then right after that, Jana told the manager mm -hmm. um, just what had happened. So this all happened before then they went back to the store. So she had already been told yeah. and everything. And Basically, Brittany had a record for stealing. So they, they learned this new side of Brittany, they, you know, after talking to the coworkers, then they hear from a college soccer player that she used to play with um, that she actually was known for stealing on the team and ended up getting, um, like, kicked off the team because of it. Oh. So no longer was on the soccer team. And she was also just very obsessed, remember, with, like, her, like, with her image. Like, she was very concerned with her image. And so it almost was like she was just living this life of luxury but mm -hmm. she works at a lululemon like yeah. she's not making bank you yeah, know what i mean not. she's not a doctor mm -hmm. she's not but she wants to live this life of like perfection and put together and most fashionable and i guess that's how she does it is yeah, through stealing. stealing right yeah. and so basically they think that so jana uh, jana was murdered by Brittany. yes it is confirmed and because... with all of the things yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm getting to the motive. All the things added up. It all made sense. Yes. And they think that the motive was that uh, Brittany was like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. I can't get fired for this. Uh, like, because I was caught by Jaina that I yeah. stole. And I, she probably knew it was like the last straw. And she didn't want that on her record. She didn't want whatever. And she's already got stuff on her record. And so uh, she lured Jaina back to the store, what they think, to try to convince Jaina to like not tell on her. Mm -hmm. But Jaina had already done that. She okay. already, she was like, already like I told the manager like yeah. I already told everybody that needs to know and then that's when it happened wait and to okay. me that doesn't make any sense yeah because I'm just like so there's two so there was never two guys in there at all no there wasn't it was no. those bus boys and that was the only thing that they could think of about those like in the cameras was yeah. the bus boys yeah and that's why they thought maybe but there was never two guys yeah. in there yeah so all. so think about it though like Jano I mean Brittany was found still alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying about, like, the horrible, like, these guys are racist. Why would they, if they were racist, like she's saying, why did they not kill so her? So they didn't even ever, it never existed. They never no, existed. No, it was okay. a big story, and it was self-inflicted. I mean, if you look up her uh, pictures of, like, her wounds, of Brittany's wounds, like, it was, like, a surface, like, level scratch on her, yeah. basically. Like, she probably did it with a knife, which also, I'm like, how in the Whoa, I could never do that, that to myself. Ugh. Like, give herself the gash? Like, how did she do that? Like, you know, on her forehead. Yeah, but also I'm just like, me, was it premeditated? Like, she knew she was getting caught. This all happened in the same night. Like, with her figuring out that she was caught. 
Like, how did she know to bring her the shoes there? Like, was she already going to plan on, like, killing someone that day or something? Like, I, I, I hate whenever I say it's not premeditated because it just makes it so much worse and shows who they are when it is premeditated because they've been planning it. I don't think it was. I think she's just a loose cannon. Yeah. Because when she found out that Jaina had, like, actually reported it, she just went off. Mm -hmm. And... Also, another thing was that her, I mentioned that her hands were tied, zip tied above her head mm-hmm. and her feet were tied. This is something you can do yourself. Um, they also looked for indentations of teeth marks on the, I just remember this, like to say this, on the zip ties mm-hmm. because that's how you do it yourself. I mean, if your uh, hands are above your head, you can do that by zip tying and put your hands up. Yeah. She laid there all night with her self-inflicted injuries to make it look like, but she, she was going to sell the story for she the injuries like, that she had. How did she pass out the whole night? Yeah. Her zip ties make no sense. Cause I'm like, you weren't actually trapped anywhere. No. And it's just very interesting. And so I always find this case to be, I've heard, I heard it a year or so ago. And I just remember this is a case that has stuck with me because I'm like, how in the world? Like the, it really is like, you don't ever know somebody, you no. know what I mean? Like she's a, she's a, like a thief for sure but you would never think that she would go to this length to just not be a thief she would go to this length to not get caught about stealing something when she's like literally murder she's already caught so then it's like what yeah so the so it's interesting because i you know i was saying too i'm like i had a feeling that it like when i'm listening to this i'm like it, it's rage like it's anger like you don't do you don't do this typically from cases i've heard where if you know somebody, it doesn't look like this. Like, yeah. And so it's interesting, too, to know that she actually did know Jaina. Mm-hmm. And the rage was real. And she's got straight-up issues. Like, yeah. straight-up to concoct this whole thing. It was an incredible story. She And the she turning almost point was us. ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I literally was like, poor girl. Oh, my gosh. And think about the impact of the family. Yeah. Jaina's brother, like, was interviewed on this documentary. And he was even like... I, I mean, they felt for Brittany. They were like, they, they were going to go visit her in the hospital, mm-hmm. but she got out like, you know, a day later, but like, they're like, we were like, how did you guys go through this? Like, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, like they lost their loved one and their sister, their daughter, their friend. And this girl went through it with her and they're like, oh my gosh. So like, she yeah. was like, so like loved by them. And then to find out then that she was the one who killed her yeah and she could have gotten away with it but she literally just kept on like telling story yeah. after story after story yeah yeah people are stupid <laughs> yeah so this girl on january 27 27 oh my 27. gosh january 27 2012 was sentenced to life without parole life without parole thank you for that thank you so <laughs> that is the story um the horrible horrible case and I just really, really hate it so much, but I think it shows you a lot about people and I mean, the links that they can go to, she's a small, petite, athletic yeah. woman, but I mean, the things that she did was absolutely, absolutely crazy. insane. And you got to watch out for people who you work with because you never know, like people may appear super nice one day, things start to get a little sketchy, not super nice the next day. You just got to watch out for yeah. those things. But, yeah. you know, never catch me in Lululemon anytime soon. That's yeah, I know. Sorry, Lululemon. <laughs> Honestly, I wonder if they had something like try to cover it up. They're like, yeah, poor people just right. associated with this. 
But yeah, so I hope that you guys enjoyed this. I super enjoyed this a lot. Very good. interesting. I'm glad you kept this a secret from me because yeah. I was hanging on by a thread the whole no, entire time. No, literally, because it's so crazy, it I is. needed you to not know. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, basically, just stay on the lookout for another podcast within two, three weeks. Yeah. We've been kind of just doing it um, when we're free and we can hang. And so um, I'm really thankful that you guys are listening and listen this far and we're Super excited to continue to do this. Yeah, make sure you follow us on our Instagram, Bottle of Crime, and follow follow us each on our own Instagram pages. Mine yes. is at Anissa Shelby. Mine is at underscore Holt, Haley Holtz. Oh, oops, I did it wrong. <laughs> do you even know your own Haley Instagram? underscore Holtz. And yeah, I don't really know it. Our Bottle of Crime page is a underscore bottle underscore crime, I yep. believe. Something like that. In between each word. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Catch <laughs> us on the next time. You know, be flexible with us and we'll have a great time out here. Heck yeah. See you guys next time. Bye.